Hey, everybody. Dave and Jeff. It is February 2nd, 2022. Dave, I, I tell you what. You and I have been lucky enough doing this for 23 years to see some pretty cool things in sports. But I think you and I would agree, and all of San Diego would agree, what we've watched the last couple of weeks with the LA Rams as they make their way back to the Super Bowl has been incredibly exciting. But for a lot of us in San Diego, what makes it even more exciting is the return of a guy that was beloved in this town, is now playing for the LA Rams and going to the Super Bowl after being retired for two years. What a pleasure it is to have our friend Eric Weddle back with us. Eric, five weeks ago, what did a Wednesday night look like for you? Jeez, uh, you know, literally it was three weeks ago. Uh, uh, you know, Wednesday night would be, it would be dropping. I mean, I'm, I'm getting, I just talked to my wife uh, about a half an hour ago and she was just picking up uh, our third from Acro. She goes Acro 4.30 to 7.30, four times a week. And then my daughter does volleyball and plays on two different basketball teams so she's every night has something my son's playing travel basketball Camry's playing soccer and literally every night is the Weddell taxi service we are both dropping off uh picking up then re-dropping off picking up and uh that would be what our our nights consist of uh three and a half weeks ago uh just being parents Team happy as can be, and now, fast forward, my life has been flipped upside down and getting ready for the Super Bowl. It's, it's been a wild three weeks. It has been a wild three weeks. I mean, and just the history. When This is like movie stuff. I was telling... <laughs> I was telling Jeff, first of all, when you sign, I, I called Jeff and I said, man, I've never been more excited in my life than what's happening right now. Like, it just doesn't seem to make any sense. And then when I watched the video that they put together of you, the five minutes um, beating the Niners and you talking and then your family finally running out on the field at the end when it realized we realized you were going to the Super Bowl. Dude, the last minute of that video, I cried. It's the first time I've ever cried. Uh, and, I, and I was like, what the hell? My dog was even looking at me. But I was, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how happy I am for you. I don't think I've been more happy for another human being to see something great happen to a good guy. You have to pinch yourself to actually see this dream that here you are. You come out of nowhere and you're in the Super Bowl. Man, it's it's pretty it's pretty surreal. Uh, you know, there, there's so much to dive into. I mean, I don't I don't even know where to begin. But honestly, over the last three weeks, I, I've never felt uh, the love and support and just everyone being behind me and being with me. Man, I feel I. Feel feel the energy. I feel, uh, just the belief and just the excitement from everyone that has had a hand in my career and everyone that has supported me and been behind me, the ups and downs, the tough plays, the tough losses, the big wins, the transition to other teams and the people that really have had my back, man, I, I truly feel it. And it's really, it has really helped me over the last three weeks to just give everything I have for this second chance, right? Like nobody gives a second chance like this no. and not in pro football, not being retired two years uh, away from the game, had a great career, went out on my own terms. Uh, and this, this is just, it doesn't happen. And 
going through all the thinking and going over analyzing whether or not to, to take this chance. I just, I just felt in my core that this is meant to be for me to be a part of this run, to be a part of this team in some way, shape or fashion that it's meant to be my 15 years, right. From since the day I was drafted in San Diego, everything that has happened up until this point has led me to this team in this situation that they needed me. And I was ready for the op. No, in no way did I ever think I would be playing or stepping foot on a football field in the NFL ever again in my life. I mean, I was happy. I was content. I was enjoying life. I was, uh, I was fully engaged in the next step of my life. And when a call comes from the D coordinator, uh, with a crazy idea, uh, you make, you make it, it takes you, it makes you take a step back for a second. And when your wife says, babe, if anyone can do it, you can do it. Uh, how do you not take that chance? Yeah. How do you not, how do you not go for it and live with what happens? Listen, I'm, I'm living, uh, I'm, I'm playing with house money, man. And there's no pressure on me. There's no, there's nothing. Everyone expected this to flop and I've exceeded that, which I knew I would because, I love challenges. I love prove, proving people wrong. The 99% of the world thought this would never work, and look at where we're at. And, uh, man, I'm just living it up, this opportunity, these men, the opportunity of a lifetime to, to have a chance at something that I would do so much for and never had the chance to, that now has come full circle. And in 10, 11 days, be starting in the Super Bowl is just, is just a insane concept to really grasp. It, it, it's so great. And and I think, Eric, the thing that you just said that's <clears> going <throat> to connect with so many people is that you weren't bitter. You weren't sitting there mad. You were loving where your life was, which makes you enjoy this moment so much more. And I was, I was telling you, I had gotten tickets. My 14-year-old son, <laughs> Cade, who plays safety at Helix, had never been to an NFL game and he loves the Rams. And I said, hey, I'm going to take you to this playoff game. And I get tickets, and all of a sudden, you're signed. And I, <laughs> and I remember a handful of years ago when I brought Dan Henderson down, and, and mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. had the chance to talk with Dan. And the way I felt, Eric, in SoFi that night, I've watched you play a 1,000 games. Dave and I would just chat. You'd be out there. You'd be making plays, do whatever, and, and everything was cool. It brought back that same energy of being at Dan's fight against Fedor or Dan against Shogun, where I'm on the edge of my seat. My son and I are freaking out. He's a Rams fan in general. I'm watching number 20, and it was just such a blast. And then Dave alluded to this video. And you know, Eric, the thing that I took away from that video, and I I don't know how much you've watched it, but the thing that I loved is when the refs are coming and saying, hey, old man, what are you doing back here? And and when... uh, and when Andrew picks you up at the end of it, and it's it, Dave said it, Eric, it's it's like a movie right now. And for everybody that has enjoyed your career, what's going to happen in ten days? It's insane. Hey, how much did you expect to play that first game against Arizona? What do you think you were going to do? What do you think your role was going to be? Well, yeah, when when Raheem called me, I had just got done uh, meeting with the athletic director of the local local high school where I live about maybe potentially taking over the football program uh, in the, in the coming years. And 
came out of that meeting. It was uh, so incredible. I was on a high from it, just super pumped about having the opportunity to maybe coach Gage in high school. I coached him last year. I was the head coach of the 12U team and such a cool experience for me, finally being able to give back and be there for my son when he's, you know, he's had to have, he's had to be second fiddle, you know, cause I, I was still playing and, and, uh, had to focus on me. And now having the roles reversed, it, it was so much fun. So I came out of that meeting and then I look at my phone and I see Raheem called me, uh, Raheem Morris is the D coordinator. And, and I thought, man, that's odd. Uh, I haven't talked to Raheem in a few months and, you know, me and Raheem go way back. He coached me in the senior bowl when I was coming out of college uh, before the draft. And he is go- he was on staff at the Bucks at the time. Oh, wow. That he loved me. I, we, we hit it off during that week of practices. And we always envisioned us uh, connecting in the league. And obviously it didn't happen. Uh, but we always had that connection way back when. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, I don't really know much about the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I played them two games and my first initial thought was that he was at he was going to ask like scouting stuff for the cardinals mm. and so i call him out of that meeting tuesday and we're just chopping it up for a few minutes and he says he says eric he said uh you're not fat and out of shape are you <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and i said i said of course not like you know that's not me uh you know once once you're in the game for a long time, it becomes who you are in the sense of, of a lot of things and working out. Uh, I, ne- I didn't, I didn't continue working out because I wanted to play football. I worked out because it, it made me feel better mentally and physically and made me a more patient person around my kids and, and, and my wife. So as soon as he said that, I kind of had an inclination of what was coming in. I had no idea what the situation was going on with the Rams other than I knew Fuller was Fuller got hurt. I didn't know he was going to be done. And I had no idea Rap was out with the concussion, like out, out. So literally, they were going to be starting two young guys and had no depth behind them. So they, they were like, hey, we had this crazy idea. We've been talking about it for for a while, and we just wanted to call you and see if you'd, be, if you'd think about it. And he said, would you think you could give us 10 to 15 snaps Monday night? And I said, <laughs> are you guys crazy? <laughs> I said, I in the back of my mind, I'm like, am I really the best option you guys have right now? Like that was my thought. Like you, you could have anybody in the, in the, in the world and they came to me and, and they were in need. So, uh, long story short, uh, you know, I talked to the coach Evera, who's the, uh, our secondary coach. And then I reached out to some players and I finally circled back to Sean about probably a good three hours later. I, obviously I called Chanel right after I got off the phone with Raheem. And honestly, it was uh, it was just an opportunity you can't pass up. And the role was being that play on dime, play third down, easy yeah. into it. Uh, well, first, let's see if you can even run and and practice Friday and Saturday, right? I had to go out. They put me on practice squad for a reason because they were going to save me the the uh, embarrassment of putting me out there if I couldn't play. Uh, which was smart on both ends. And I didn't want to do that to the team, obviously. So going out there Friday and Saturday and running around and, and doing things that I had done my whole career. And it was funny. Guys were saying, man, hey, it, it looks like Eric's been here this this whole season the way he's playing <laughs> and making checks. And 
and doing the things that, that I've always done. And, uh, so that was the plan. And then gradually, uh, uh, gradually get more playing time as I got adjusted. And, and as long as the big thing was, is if my body could handle it, I could play as much as I, as I wanted to knowing that if I'm playing the way we all expect as a play that I'm the best option. And, you know, you went 19 plays Arizona. I come back to Tampa, play 61. Wow. And then NFC <laughs> Championship starting and played the whole game. And it, it's just been in a crazy, crazy ride. Like, never. I've always prided myself on being the hardest worker. I do the most. I prepare the most. But never have I worked harder in my life in these last three weeks to do everything I could to make this dream a reality, whether it's been eating, whether it's been the treatment, the rehab, working out twice a day, not cheating on anything, studying a new playbook. I had never been in the system, new verbiage. And by the second day I had it all down. Like it was out of everything that's been transpired. I just think that the commitment, the dedication, and really the mindset, the mind is powerful. And, uh, being able to do what I'm doing currently and what I've done so far is, is, uh, I don't know if it'll ever be done quite honestly. This is, no, this is, uh, it's no. crazy. I love challenges and I love proving people wrong and to, uh, be where we're at on the cusp of a Super Bowl. I, I could not be more humbled and grateful for this, this second chance of a dream. And I'm just trying to make the most of it. Yeah, we will never see this again. I mean, never. this is, I, I, you know, Jeff and I, 20 years ago, interviewed a guy named Jim Morris, who was the pitcher in the movie The Rookie. You know, Dennis Quaid played him. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I, I remember uh -huh. telling Jeff, there's this story about this guy, and we put him on there, and we had it before the movie came out. And he was a dick. He was a jerk. Like, you didn't root <laughs> for him. And I'm like, God, what a disappointment. And then we know, we know you, and we know you're a great guy, and we talk about you on the show all the time, even when you weren't back with the Rams. But you watch this and you go, number one, you play a position in safety where how many safeties get like a farewell tour? They don't. And then you see Tom Brady play his last game and you and him having that conversation on the field for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that showed the yeah. respect Tom Brady had for you. And, you know, all of us obviously in San Diego and Southern California want people to appreciate how great you were. But when you're there and you skipped over the part, by the way, that not only did you play every play, you led the team in tackles. Yeah, that's pretty damn impressive. I know you, you aren't the kind of guy to say that, but we'll say it for you. But when you're there and you're sitting there telling everyone, hey, we're going to the Super Bowl, and you're calling out defensive plays and what's coming, and you guys are on the field with, you know, it's you, it's Jalen Ramsey, it's Yvonne Miller, it's Aaron Donald, all these Hall of Famers, and you've played with the talented guys, but this is a freak show. I mean, it, it's a superstar show. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild, like, when I walked in the door that first couple, that first day or two, and, I, and to see the smiles and the excitement and just the energy levels from everyone in the building, from staff to the sports science to the to the trainers to the equipment, everybody, everyone that I had a relationship with just was on cloud nine, and and maybe that was was one of the many reasons that I'm meant to be here to bring them out of that tough Niner game, right? To to bring some juice to the building, uh, to get our, our minds focused on Arizona. Right. And, and then I see Vaughn and I hug up Vaughn and Vaughn goes, man, 
Where are we at? We at the Pro Bowl, baby. We're at the Pro Bowl. Look at all these guys. I mean, you look at the team, and we were all at Pro Bowls together, and now we're here all together on one team playing. I mean, this is you just can't you just can't fathom all the things happening. You know, they pick up Vaughn, they they get Odell, uh, the injuries that happen at the end of the year, the last week to be able to sign and bring me back to have the idea to bring me back, right? To play with, maybe go down as one of the the best, if not the best defensive player ever in AD. Understanding that this may be his best chance to get a Super Bowl, right? Trading for Stafford and the craziness that happened in Cabo that weekend to get the deal done. Like, it's just, there's so many layers with this team that I'm just a little niche in the bottom corner of this book that we're trying to, uh, that one day this story will be told, hopefully, by winning it all, but it's just an amazing group of men that have put their selfish uh, desires aside for the ultimate dream of winning a Super Bowl together with this group. I mean, at SoFi, at SoFi, at home, uh, we're able to stay at our facility all week, stay away from distractions, can stay in our routine, not have to be at a hotel, not have to not have all our equipment, all this other crap like. It's uh, you know, we got to go do it though. This is a, this is a, an incredible team that we're facing, uh, but it's on us, man. We keep that same energy, that focus, the physicality we played with against the Niners, the determination, the no quit, the no phase attitude, the belief in one another, man. It was uh, we have that going into the Super Bowl, and we carry it for four quarters. I really like our chance. Hey, when you need us to shut up, just tell us. But I, I, I got a couple other things for you. Jim, Jim Trotter oh, called good. me. Jim Trotter called me yesterday, and he said, "Hey, uh-huh. do you have a good uh, Weddle story?" I'm writing an Eric Weddle story for NFL.com, and and I told a couple. But I said, from a professional standpoint, the one that always made me laugh is Dave and I were out at Chargers Park, and we were doing the show. It was Jason Verrett's rookie year, and we had Rivers up on the balcony. And I wonder if you remember this. I said to Rivers, I said, quick question for you. Would you rather throw three interceptions to Verrett or one to Weddle? And he couldn't say, <laughs> he couldn't say Verrett fast enough. And he said, he said, I, he said shoot, I don't want to listen. I hear enough out of Weddle. I don't need to hear any more out of him. But Eric, when this thing was going on and knowing the friendship that you guys have had for so long, I can't imagine how wound up 17 is, how many dad gummits he got out. Uh, how much have you talked with him over the last couple of weeks? I have. I have. He texted me <clears throat> as soon as it as soon as it was announced and he's just like You you are the craziest son of a gun. <laughs> this world's ever known. And I'm like, I know, what am I thinking, right? And then after the first game, he just, each week we've been texting back and forth and he just can't believe it. I mean, he, he got, the people that know, know what, how crazy this is. Right. And he, he is just like, dude, you look as good as you've ever played. I mean, and, and what, what people don't realize, and, and I'm not saying, uh, how do I put this? Like, I don't, I don't disregard or take for granted how hard it is to play in this league. And I don't uh, suppress how hard it is to get your body ready for a season, right? And and I'll, I'll give you guys some insight. After this last game against the NFC Championship game, and, and I was in a lot of tackles, 
and a lot of big hits. And I, I will tell you guys this, from Sunday night to Monday night, I slept a total of five hours. Wow. I was in so much pain. I was I was in such a bad place, guys, that I, I don't know. I 100% know this is why I retired, right? I just, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't deal with the mental, the mental side of it, the pain, understanding what I had to do the next day to just try to get back to somewhat of a, of a, a feeling of that I'm not going to die. I mean, literally, I wow. was, I had never been in so much pain in my life from that game because I had not been training for a year to take on those hits, guys. It was, it was, it was, I was not in a good place. And thankfully, Tuesday, I turned the corner and started feeling a little bit better. And then today, feeling a lot better. And I, you know, and so the reason I bring that up is to, to remind people that I, I, these guys are football professionals for a reason. And so to do what I'm doing is crazy, but also, for a good point for the last two days, I, I don't know if I was, I didn't know if I was going to come out of it quite honestly. Wow. So, wow. uh, it was, uh, it was a tough couple nights, uh, to get, to not be able to sleep, to not be able to move, to not, you know, uh, you know, that's just the way life is. Right. But not being able to prepare your body is what makes you be able to get through an entire season. And that was the harsh reality that hit home real quick that I was retired for the right reasons, right? Because there's no way I could do this again for a entire season. I just couldn't do it. Now, could I muster it up, which I'm doing right now, and treatment 24-7 and getting my workouts in and getting that full body and getting that blood flow and rehabbing so I can get ready for Sunday night for the Super Bowl? Of course I can because I know win or lose, I'm coming back. I'm not playing another down. I'm living this up, the second chance to the very best I can, giving everything I can to my guys. I had to reach the ultimate goal. And whether or not we win, this has been the most incredible run that that I could have ever asked for. And dreams uh, hopefully come true, but this has been a dream come true anyway. And, and you just can't uh, – I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say – win or lose will determine that. No, man, I'm having the time of my life uh, helping this team out and knowing that when it's done, it's done. And I'm, and I'm totally fine with that. I tell you, there's, there are so many stories as you said, when this is done for me, just as as a fan, number one, I'm glad that you you shared what the NFL is like. Jeff and I always go down last five minutes of the fourth quarter and we're on the sideline and the perspective people get from the stands. I don't care how close you sit or what you watch on TV, you have no idea until you're on the field and you've seen the speed and the force of those collisions. It looks like people tackling cars on the five freeway. Mm-hmm. It is insane. Oh, and then to see you guys do it every 30 seconds is is absolutely amazing. Um, mm. j- just unbelievable. Two, two quick things for me, just personal stuff, and then and then I'll yeah. move on. And by the way, besides you and and Whitworth, who, who of course, the Bengals after eleven years said we aren't going to pay you. I know, like I really like. like, like I, how, how do you how do you how do you draw that up? Like he plays for the Bengals for eleven years, has an amazing run. They go to the playoffs six different seasons, don't win a playoff game, and now yeah. five years after that, in his sixteenth <laughs> season, he gets to play the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Like, come on, man. Yeah, and what could be his last game? I mean, how how yes. how insane is that? And so. 
and I know they're Detroit fans rooting for for Stafford yeah. and Aaron Donald, maybe the best defensive player in the NFL since he's been in the league and finally a uh-huh. chance there. So many different Jaylen stories. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Just, just so many crazy stories. But on, on a personal note, there's two things I wanted to share. One is Jeff and I were talking about this uh, two weeks ago and uh, a couple of years ago, I lost my son and you are aware that my son passed away. And when the Ravens came back to face the Chargers, there were so many media guys in there in the locker room waiting to talk to you. What was it like facing the Chargers? And you stopped everything. You gave me that hug. I needed it. It was my first game back at broadcasting. You know, I was completely down. Uh, and, and you've just always been that guy. You've been a great guy. And that the other part is, you know, for me, I was introduced to football by my dad who passed away the same year and he introduced me to as a Rams fan. And the Rams always lost in the NFC Championship games to Jeff's Vikings or the Dallas Cowboys. And my dad would stand up and do the slow clap, you know, of disappointment in the living room, drum me nuts. And I'd say, why did you sick me with this crappy team? And you go, here are the Rams, the, the first original sports team in L.A. history. Forget about what the Dodgers and the Lakers and everything that has happened. They were the first team, yet they've never won a championship in Los Angeles in a Super Bowl. And how important mm-hmm. this is for Rams fans in general that have loved this team and had the hearts broken when they moved away. And now that they're back, just uh, just an incredible opportunity to play this game in L.A. And with all the storylines, it's just it's it's a storybook ending. Man, it uh. You couldn't have said it better, man. It's uh, I remember that after after our game, vividly seeing you and and knowing the the struggles and no, nobody can understand what you went through, and you could only hope that no one could. Uh, nobody has to sh- to to bear that burden uh, as as we all have kids, and and then you just you know admire your toughness and and your admiration and love and you know being there and, and just. You know, there's bigger things in sports, bro. There's bigger things, life, relationships, what you stand for, your character, uh, how you treat people. Uh, and and at times, we get lost in, in what this world is, is really about, and that's caring for others and being a good person. And, uh, you know, as we as we move forward, and uh, in, in after the, the Buccaneers game, I mean, that was such an emotional high of winning that game, but my first thought was, gosh, here's my chance. I want to go tell Tom how much he meant to me That's awesome. in my career and, and let him know that his greatness, his strive for greatness every day, every season, not, not letting complacency slip in at any moment uh, helped me in my career, helped me progress to where I wanted to become. And to be in that moment, I wanted to – to let him know how much I admired him and respected him and loved him and what he did for the game. I mean, he's one of one. And, uh, you know, it's tr- it's it's hard to, to take a step back in the moment uh, in the big picture, but uh, sometimes it's needed in life, I can tell you that. Well, you know, we'll, we'll leave you with this because, you know, you go out there on the sports, and, and I love that story you, you shared, Eric, about, uh, I mean, I, I don't love it in the sense that you went through the pain, but I think it reminds people that, while you made it look incredibly easy, it's anything but that. But last night as I was driving down, I got a phone call, and I've told this story a lot. When I moved to San Diego in 1981, I met a kid named Shane Marin. We were 13 years old, and he was my best friend for 35 years. And whether I was working in radio or I could be managing a paint store or any other job, 
he told me every day, just be great, man. Be at the level you're going to be, and you'll always do well. And in 2016, he developed stomach cancer. He developed it on March 1st, and he passed away on May 1st. And mm. Shane had a six, uh, at that time a 15-year-old son named Dakota. Dakota lived in New York uh, with his family. That's where Shane had gone. But he was raised a Charger fan because his dad absolutely loved the Chargers. And we were at a lunch two days after Shane had passed away. And it's about 15 adults at this table. And I'm at the middle. And I look across and over to my right is this 15-year-old kid that I've, I've just met, but meant everything as any dad and son understands, meant everything in the world to his father. And he's sitting there wearing his pain like a blanket. And I didn't know what to do. He's not involved in the conversation. It's all adults. He's getting ready to fly home. And I just texted Eric. I texted Eric and I said, hey, man, I don't know what's going on. My best friend just died. I'm sitting here with his son. And do you have two minutes? And I don't, Eric, I swear, man, I tell people, I think it was 90 seconds my phone buzzed. And you were like, let's go. What's his name? And I said, Dakota. And my phone rang. And I said, yeah, hang on. And I yelled over to the right. I said, hey, Dakota, phone's for you. Now, all the other adults stopped talking. And Dakota snaps out of the fog that he's in. And he's like, what? I said, hey, man, the phone's for you. You got to take this. And he's, so he comes around. He's just a 15-year-old kid. He's just little. And he he's swings around behind me. And he grabs the phone. And he says, hello. And he goes, uh, yeah, this is Dakota. And then the next thing I hear is, no way, no way. And I, Eric, I looked at my watch. It was 2.15. And he went over to another side. I've never asked him what was said. I've never asked you what was said. But when he came back, it was 2.23. It was an eight-minute conversation. And the only thing, like I told you at that time, was, look, it's never going to bring his dad back, but maybe we can send him on the plane with mm-hmm. something else to talk about or something else to think about. That's the guy you are. That's what I told Jim Trotter. And last night when my phone rings and he's now 22 years old and he's graduating college in the spring and he says, hey, man, how about Weddell? Because you're his, oh, you're his friend, oh, bud. Bad. You're his friend. Yeah. And that's, you know what, Eric? My like, gosh. Everything you do. Right. It's just it's remember, man, there's there's a 22 year old kid in New York that doesn't Mm. worry about anything else. Just remembers it's you who you are, man. It's such a tribute to you. It's such a tribute to your family. We're not going to take up any more of your time. You just know, man, your family to us. We could not be more excited when this is over. We'd love to have you come down one night. We can hang out and tell stories, but we don't want to do that tonight, man. You're the greatest brother. Hey, we love I, you. I, I love you guys. Hey, thanks for sharing those stories, man. It's, it's, uh, as you guys know, I, I hit my head for a living, so I tend to forget <laughs> things. And, uh, I do now remember that if you would have asked me before, I probably couldn't have told you that, but yeah, man, thank you for sharing that because, uh, that those things get lost over the years and it's, it's cool to, to, uh, know that you're trying to make a difference sometimes it's hard uh but but when you have a chance to put a smile on someone's face or sign something or take a picture or give someone a hug there's no reason why you should not do it yeah and you're, I, I, you're gonna have to a- always do that and, and be there for for people and 
doesn't it's not always easy but it's worth it it's worth it to see the smiles and the love and the to pick someone up when they're down i mean that's what's what life's all about yeah there's going to be a whole lot of people wearing number 20 jerseys and there's going to be a whole lot of people cheering for number 20 not just that diehard rams fan base but a lot of people that know eric mm. who you are as a football player what you've done the last couple of weeks and what we're excited to see you do in the next couple of days hey buddy stay safe out there uh, like I said, your family to us, your brother man. to us, and we just we're just loving this ride, man. Taking every moment, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Love it, guys. Love you guys. Love, Love you too, too brother. Time and we'll get together soon. Hopefully, celebrating this win, babe. Let's Can't hey wait. and uh, tell Kevin O'Connell is a is a Viking fan. We're thrilled. I'm sorry to steal him from the oh, Rams, but he's going to be a great hire, man. If it goes through, I don't want to jump. No, nope, I got you. Dude's awesome. He's he's a leader of men. He is charismatic. He's smart. He'll he'll work great with the players. I'm uh, so so pumped for him, especially a San Diego guy. Like man, it's awesome. from my high school. Yeah. Yes. So cool. Soak it in, brother. Love you. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. I will. Later, Thanks buddy. Again, guys. Take care. To you. Wow. Wow. Dude, uh, I mean, how great is that? He's uh, Dude, he's he's the best. We say this about a lot of people. We use that phrase a lot. He's the best. He this guy is is incredible. I mean, the the fact that he found the time to do this. This is not their off day. This, no. You know, Tuesday's the off day in the NFL. I give you credit for tracking him down. Jeff and I give each other a lot of shit. We'll throw stuff at each other. And this morning, I was like, he's not gonna fucking do it. He's not gonna follow through and get him. Jeff's just gonna tell him, oh, we'll get him after the Super Bowl sometime. Which yeah. I know you would, but you pulled it off, dude. And I, I'm very happy that you. You locked this down early this morning. You told me he's coming on. I was on cloud nine. I called, dude, 20 people after you told me he was coming on. Yeah. And he, just so pumped up, man. Good job on your part. And uh, he never disappoints. No, you know, it's funny, too, because it's, look, it's pretty obvious, right? Like, what he means to Dave, what he means to me. And I'm glad to know that that the friendship that we established 15 years ago uh, goes a long time. But, but it's... I texted him and I said, hey, man, uh, we're doing this thing tonight. I said, I'd be an idiot not to ask you. You got a few minutes. And Dave, again, it wasn't five minutes. Yeah. It wasn't five minutes. He goes, of course, call me at eight. And uh, so we did. And and then tonight when we're like, we're trying to figure out the board, we got Josh going because we're like, oh, I can't screw this thing up. And, uh, and so I texted him. I said, hey, man, we'll call you in two minutes. And we call the answers on the first ring. Yeah. It's just like there's a professionalism there, but, but I think, like you said, it, it's pretty amazing because he's made it look easy. And I was going to ask him, Hey, look, I know you're focused on a week from Sunday, but this has been pretty fun. Are you open to coming back? And he clearly said, you know, he wants to coach yeah. right with gauge and you get that. And he wants to, like, we all know his parents, right? It's the Weddell taxi service, the way he started. But, uh, but man, this it, is the ultimate left it out, left it all out on the field. Well, right here, I mean, he look at him when he told you. I mean, dude, today's Wednesday as we do the show. Yeah, two days ago he wasn't sure he was going to be okay. Yeah. Yesterday was a little bit better because the adrenaline leaves the body. Yeah. It really is combat sports. It's like we see with fighters. I mean, right? look at the size difference of him and everybody else. Yeah, and he's leading the team in tackles. That's a beating. Yeah, you know, anyone who has ever this is where your brain fucks with you too. If you're once an athlete. Your eyes can see things. Your brain remembers. 
But then anyone who's ever tried to do anything, I don't care. And we're talking playing in the NFL. I'm talking, let's say you go out with your kids to play pickup basketball. Yeah. Dude, your quads are killing you the next oh, yeah. day. I mean, you were so yeah. fucking sore, <laughs> right? And you yeah. feel like an idiot walking around the office. Like, we got horseback riding? And you're we, like, dude, I can't even fucking sit down. Like, I'm dying. And this guy's <laughs> playing in the NFL. Dave. It's crazy. Julie Brahman and I, this is a great story. <laughs> so, Saturday, Julie and I are in Winter Park. And there's a town up there called Frazier. It's got this big high hill. And you, you go tubing down this hill. Yeah. So on, on Friday, we're driving by, you know, it's like 15 degrees out. We drive by, we see this huge hill. And she goes, hey, you want to go tubing tomorrow? I go, hell yeah, let's go. So we go out and they're like, uh, all right, it's 25 bucks for an hour or, you know, 30 bucks for 90 minutes. So we're talking, we're like, ah, oh, you know, 90 minutes, I'll fly by. And the lady behind me goes, do the hour. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah. what? Who are you chiming in? She goes, trust me. She goes, you live up here? I go, no, I'm from San Diego. She goes, do the hour. So we go, and uh, first time down the hill, I mean, I put this video up, right? And you're just flying. It's like 60 miles an hour, it feels like. I don't know. I rode motorcycles, yeah. so I have. I feel like I have a pretty good feel for speed. You get down to the bottom, man. The tube flips. Yeah. You're rolling around on the ground. You're laughing your ass off. And then they, uh, they run you back up the hill, and they kick you out of this machine, so you're rolling around again. You do it two, three times, and all of a sudden, you realize you're at 8,500 feet. Yeah. And Julie and I, like, Julie's pretty good because she lives up there. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this altitude. Yeah. So we hang out for a second. We go three more times, and you're like, all right, that was great. Six times in the hour. We had a blast. We film it. Everything's cool. And uh, we get in the car, and it's about a half-hour drive back to Julie's condo. So we're talking, hey, what are we going to do tonight? Let's go get beers. We'll get a pizza, right? We'll go walk around downtown. And we get back to her house. And about 20 minutes later, she's like, uh, I'm going to take a nap. What if we just put sweats on? <laughs> and I go, uh, I go, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. But I'm kind of in my head, I'm thinking like, we'll go walk around. Like yeah. I, got, I fly home Monday. She goes, okay, I'm going to take a shower. I'll be out in a minute. I go, okay. Next thing I know, she's like, hey, I'm sound asleep. Uh, uh, the couch. Dave, yeah, yeah, you can't say it to Weddle. He's getting no. run over. Like, Chili called me on uh, yesterday. She's like, we're so goddamn old. We got beat up riding inner tubes down a snow-covered <laughs> hill. And thankfully, we recovered and, yeah, and got out. But yeah, if you would have been like, yeah, you're retired. So, yeah, if you can't handle that. to And then to watch that film... That, that they put out the mic'd up film and you just realize he's in on every hit. Yes. And it wasn't even five weeks ago. because dude, it was three weeks yeah. ago. I'm driving kids to volleyball and now I'm leading tackler in the NFC championship game. It's insane. It is It is absolutely crazy. It, it is so many things that are so bizarre and so Who great. Who plays about him in the story. movie? Wilmer uh, Villarama? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's Frankie fucking, Munoz. That's fucking funny, man. God dang. Did it I love the Von Miller line that said we're welcome to the Pro Bowl. Or we're no, at the Pro Bowl. At, yeah. yeah. It was so it was because that's the way you feel when you're watching it. You're like, this is all in. No draft picks left. Right. They went all in on everything they could possibly do to make this happen. You know, and if you're Spanos, you're like the battle for LA, the the Rams, you win a Super Bowl, especially in your town. Done. Dude, it is Rams house. It's, yeah. it's, and this is what I said to, to Charger fans when they said, well, I don't know who, who's going to be my new team. 
I said, you want to piss off the Chargers, become a Rams fan. Yeah. That's the way to fucking do it. But he shared about being being beat up. I remember Bo Jackson when he was with the Raiders. At that time, I was a Raiders season ticket holder. But he always said every year when he would come from the Royals to the Raiders, he goes, the first week felt like my body was broken in half. God. And Bo was a machine. Yeah. I mean, he was as big and fast as anybody. Yeah. But he goes, man, it's a huge wake-up call to jump into an NFL game and feel like your body's been cut in half. He said it's unbelievable. He played 61 snaps. Incredible. 61 plays. Incredible. He went from, do you say he went from 15 to 19 to 61? Yes. Didn't played every single snap. <laughs> Dude, crazy, right? He played it. Yes. Insane. Just, just absolutely insane. Um, man, so excited. Again, as Jeff said, he's wearing number 20. If you're watching, you haven't paid attention. You're getting together with a group of people. 32, of course, is a number, but it's now taken. So he's number 20 uh, yeah. for the Rams. So that's who you want to pay attention to. But there's so many women that told me today, not only were they fans when he was a, a, a charger, yeah. but that now that they know the story of, the, as we just said, the last three weeks, people are going, dude, how can you root for anybody else but Weddle? I right. mean, it's just incredible. How can you, if if you hate that guy, as they said about Matt Stafford, something's wrong with you, you know? Right. Yeah. And and again, this is just an, just an amazing thing. Can't say it enough and, and how excited I am. I honestly, I don't think I've been more excited for another friend of ours than, than I am right now in this situation. No, it's it's what I was saying. Uh, well, and, and then today. So today, as a Vikings fan, I'm waiting all day for Jim Harbaugh to be named head coach. Yeah. And listen, man, you could talk to my kids or, or my brother because we spend so much time watching football together. The last three years as a Vikings fan has been miserable. And they blow games, and my kids will tease me about the Vikes. And I'm like, look, man, you don't understand. I'm not a Mike Zimmer fan. I don't like him. I think he's an arrogant dick. And so, yeah, if they lose, it's not like I'm just, I'm already miserable, yeah. right? I'm already miserable, and there seems to be a commitment to this guy. And then all of a sudden, the talk became, well, Jim Harbaugh is flying to Minnesota on Wednesday. And there's a part of that story where you look at it and you go, well, his win and loss record can't be denied. But I just had this vibe like, God, man, can I really get behind Harbaugh? And, and I think we talked about it, Dave. You were kind of like that when I mentioned him for the Raider job. You weren't all in. No. And, and is he leave three years from now to take... The Stanford job at David Shaw or Notre Dame, right? He's always going to be talked about for jobs. But you go, but shit, the guy, the guy wins. And and they were saying he had the staff already. Vic Fangio was going to go run the defense, all these different things. And you go, well, that that would be quite the impactful hire. And then we heard this afternoon from Adam Schefter, right? Who, by the way, everybody's busting Adam Schefter's balls. Fucking Adam Schefter had it right. He did have it right. So I don't, I don't get why people are talking shit to Schefter. Fucking guy had it and doubled down and was right. But Schefter, who's a Michigan guy, said, hey, Jim Harbaugh uh, informs Michigan he's coming back. And I'm like, whoa, fuck, what? And DeMarco Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the Niners, had already pulled himself out. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, uh, I'm talking with our buddy Jimmy Hughes, who's a Vikes fan. I'm like, God, I don't know. Where are they going? Are they going Doug Peterson? We're like... Is it Patrick Graham, the, the Giants defensive coordinator? I go, shit, man, go get Brian Flores. Like, yeah. honestly, go get somebody. And I look at my phone, and it says, Vikes finalizing deal to hire Kevin O'Connell. How great is that? And I go, holy shit. Holy shit. 
And they're like, what? And I said, dude, Kevin O'Connell was the quarterback at La Costa Canyon that played for my buddy Darren Brown. Darren Brown's been a buddy of mine. We grew up together with the Browns. Then he goes to San Diego State. When he goes to San Diego State, he starts showing up on this dopey show. Yep. And then when he uh, got drafted, we were at his draft party. Yeah. And then as he went on with New England, he became a commentator Hold with on. ESPN. Remember, he came by, i never forget this. He came by our studio after everything, and he was in the parking lot just throwing passes with us. Yes. Remember, we're throwing the football with him for like an hour. Yeah, just bullshitting. <laughs> I mean, we're chucking that ball like 15 yards and he's chucking it back at us. Well, he's chucking about, yeah, he's chucking about 90 and we're all <laughs> chucking at about 18. Feeling good about ourselves. Like, hey, maybe we still got it. He's just about 88 yards. No, we don't. Dave, I'll throw it to you. You throw it to Mike and then pass it on to Kevin. And then Kevin, you're going to throw it to me. No, you're just going to throw it all the way out to me. Got it. Fuck that tie, huh? Yeah, like just like. Trying to get a, you know, like somebody just dropped, like what they used to do that shit, yeah. like drop the baseball off a Union Bank. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, Dave, just do like a 10 and out. Oh, God damn it, my fingers. And so I'm watching and I go, you got to be goddamn kidding me. And the crazy thing is, too, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to Kevin, but so much is thought about that offense with Sean McVay. And it probably is a little bit of what happens with Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. And Dave, I, I could not be more thrilled tonight. Yeah. I honestly, you know it. I've said it over and over again. The frustration of being a Vikes fan. I did not want Harbaugh. And I just, I was like, what a goddamn day. Yeah. Like Weddle's coming on tonight. And then Kevin O'Connell will be the next head coach of the Vikes. Yeah. And I, I said to my son, Jack, tonight, he goes, so what do you think? I go, dude, it'll be fun to be a fan again. That, that's a guy that we've known since he was 16 years old. And 20 years later, he's the head coach of my, Insane. my boyhood team. Yeah, it's a fucking great day for San Diego, man. And so my uncle has coached high school football back there forever. And I texted him because they were wondering what happened with Harbaugh. I go, dude, put Harbaugh on the rearview fucking mirror. This is great. And Sean McVay has spoken very highly of Kevin. Of course. He, he knows the media angle. I know nobody gives a shit, but it, it's pretty exciting. No, it's, it's awesome. I mean, think about even the organizations where you've, you've learned from the Patriots, right? Right. You've, you've learned from the Browns. Brady. And yeah. want to sit there and say, well, if that was a mistake, you know what not to do. Yeah. And then you learn from McVay. And wasn't he, but he was with the Redskins too. And with the Redskins. Yeah. yeah. At the time. Yep. That's true. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing run. And that's what you talk about a resume where guys experience, he now has experience. But I just, you know it, right? Like yeah. my, my son's like, nobody will bust your balls like your kids will. But I just said to him, I go, dude, it, it's not, I can't cheer. I can't get excited for these games. I used to get fired up for these games and they mattered. And honestly, when Josh McDaniels got the Raider job the other day, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, right? Like, seriously? And I don't know. Maybe he is different. Maybe he can be great. And we'll see what happens there. But we remember as Charger and Raider fans, yeah. the disaster with both these guys when they were running the Broncos. And now you go, all right, I, I guess. But then today... When that happened as a kid, he grew up here. And now he, he's going to... 
be the offensive coordinator uh, for the Super Bowl, and then he's expected to be named head coach of the Vikes shortly after, man. Uh, that was a hell of a goddamn day. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I want to mention uh, Brian Curry. Brian Curry is doing great things here in San Diego. If you look at the interest rate right now, as far as way homes are going and people are concerned about what's happening with the housing market, there's so many questions. I mean, it's been an incredible year and a half for people like Brian Curry who have the answers. You just got to make sure you're making the right call and making sure you're getting the most for your home. Right now, the, the market has changed completely around again, and you're trying to wonder, what are we doing? Brian Curry is the guy to talk to. You want to be ahead of the game, and that's what he's going to help you do. Brian Curry is the guy that's a negotiation specialist. Again, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. Find that home of your dreams through Brian Curry. Well, uh, we mentioned last night was the fifth anniversary of the first show. And so today, I took some time this afternoon, and I just wanted to send a text to all these guys and tell them, you know, how much their friendship means, their support means, because... I was talking, you know, texting with with Brian today and just thanking him because Brian jumped in early. Yeah. And Brian believed in this show. And uh, and that makes me really, really happy. It makes me really, really happy for this show because, honestly, if it wasn't for Brian, I I don't know that this show goes two years, right? I mean, you got to be able to monetize it a little bit. But uh, I'll tell you other stories moving forward. But, yeah. When you're in this housing market and things are changing like crazy, and I think all of us have friends that are either trying to buy a house or trying to sell a house. Maybe they're trying to rent it and they need a property manager. Boy, oh boy, that that seems like a pretty big wave to ride by yourself. You better have somebody in, and as Brian pointed out on social media today, more than 20 years doing it at the highest level for Coldwell Banker. Boy, I, I'm, I'm not going to try to negotiate that on my own. I don't know why you would either. If you're looking to buy, sell, or you have a house that you need to rent out, need that property manager, call our friend Brian Curry. Absolutely. Taylor May Pools, Alan Taylor, another one that's been with us for many years. He's fantastic. Taylor May Pools, though, you need him because you want that pool. And so many people right now are saying, you know what, I want that pool. I learned through this whole pandemic and COVID that how important it is to spend time with family and get those quality memories. Nothing like having that pool in the backyard. More than 25 years in the business. Taylor May Pools. Ask about available financing. Alan Taylor's your guy. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Goddamn, Dave. I was on a group text today with Alan and Amy. And again, it was just a chance to thank them for what they've done for this show and just talking about the pools, the whole deal. How many guys were down here for the for the listener show? Yeah. When we had people in the garage, how many of you were down here? I can't even remember, but it felt like quite a group. And if you remember, Amy brought two pans of lasagna. Yep. It was insane. It was so good. And I thanked her for it. And then I forgot until Alan told me today that at our charity event from August 1st, uh, he bought the Weddell jersey. Yeah. And he said, it's framed in my office. That's awesome. And he said, you know, man, maybe we'll uh, we'll donate that out and we'll raise some money for Jake's projects. Wow, and I said, cool. I said, no, I'll buy it before it goes anywhere. Because I said, it'll end up in that hands of that beady-eyed bastard Pete and Point Loma. And I go, I'm not going to let that happen. 
So then uh, Alan and Amy decided, okay, they're going to keep it in their office. I said, just... <laughs> well, good. I said, keep it there. What happened to the charity? What the hell just happened? I oh, thought, everything's I fine. I thought you were going to buy the money and he was going to donate Everything's it to fine. Projects. Don't worry about anything, Jeez. all right? Maybe you... Maybe kids, you... Don't worry, kids. Oh, yeah. Next uh, year, Jeff will take care of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, God. You're, yeah, on, you're on the board. That's right. Hey. I'm going to use that when I go down to the Aero Club. Jesus. I'll be like Ruben Rivera. Do we have business cards? <laughs> I can pound down the table like Ruben Rivera used to pound his Yankees ring. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, thank you to Alan and Amy and the staff at TaylorMade Pools. Everybody remembers they came out. I told him I go, I was freezing my balls off in Denver, but I was representing wearing my long sleeve TaylorMade Pool nice. shirt. And people are like, how do I get a TaylorMade Pool? And I said, hey, don't worry about it. Okay, you got to ask. You can't afford it, but all of you can. Just go to DaveAndJeffShow.com on that sponsor page. Check out all the gorgeous pools the team at TaylorMade Pools have made. Make their next gorgeous pool your pool. Dan Williams is who you want to talk to when it comes to your finances. I talked to Dan today. Gave me a call. Said congratulations on the five year anniversary of the podcast. Dan said one thing that was fantastic because I mentioned it all the time. He wants to help you get out of debt, but he also wants to help you buy your first home. He goes, Dave, I got to tell you, the rush you get. For helping people become no. first home, uh, first time homeowners is amazing. And he yeah. goes, I just love my job and love what I do. He wants to help you out as well. This is all you have to do. You call Dan, 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. No joke, this is how the call went. Remember I told you Dan doesn't keep you on the phone very long? I doesn't talked to him for about 15 time? minutes today. He did this move to me. He goes, Dave, Dan Williams. I go, I know Dan, says it on my phone. <laughs> He goes, I just want to say congratulations on the five-year anniversary of the podcast. That's it. I'll talk to you later. And I go, hold on, Dan. And then we had a, a normal conversation. But yeah. Dan doesn't want to waste your time. And, and he's and look, he, he's not going to waste your time. He's going to help you out. Make sure you give Dan that call. It's the best decision you're going to make. Yeah, I was telling him, I said, I was with some friends over the weekend in Denver. And they were asking about, you know, the podcast and who are the sponsors. And I said, and I said this to Dan. And I said this to, to Brian and Alan and Amy I said, the thing that we have with this show that, that we never had during regular radio is during regular radio, you might meet the client once or twice, right? And, and that's it. And I said, with these guys, because they're all friends, and, and at this show, friends are family, I go, I talk to them all the time. And so the idea of bringing anybody else in, I go, that anybody else coming in would just be like the stepbrother. I go, listen, man, you turn on to sports radio every day, and what are they all telling you? Hey, do you have ED? And I said, I'll tell you what. Guys that listen to this show, especially the guys, all of you that are Patreon subscribers, Dave and I read the forums, man. A lot of people are like, fuck, I don't know what's going on. But if it says on their Tinder profile, Dave and Jeff subscriber, they don't have any problems with the mechanics. And I said, we don't need, yeah. Nobody on this goddamn listens to this show. <laughs> this literally the last commercial I heard on the radio today right. was Hartman doing an ED commercial. Hey, guys, are you struggling with Flacido Domingo? Is you got a little noodle? Well, call 1-800-SUCKS-TO-SUCK. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing that shit. Can you imagine the call I got from Al Taylor? Hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's exactly what he said to you. <laughs> hey, fuck. You got some wet noodles out there? <laughs> oh, this fucking audience, baby. You guys are closers. Hey, God what damn. The fuck are you doing? Hey, what the fuck? 
who the fuck's showing up at that listener party? <laughs> Saggy britches? <laughs> Sad guys? Fuck no. We're not doing that shit. We got guys you'd be proud of. Right? Yeah. Dude, that's a, it's the thing. So, yeah, I think so Dan and I were dying laughing. I'm like, yeah, I'm not bringing anybody on where you're like, oh, yeah. Our spot's right after that one. Usually it's like, hey, guys, are you going bald? <laughs> Do you have a gambling problem? I'm like, fuck, I used to say all the time. Like, why don't we just tell him, hey, if you're listening to this station, you're a fucking loser. We know you're a loser. Listen to sports radio. Every fucking job, every ad is either you're bald, you're drunk, yeah. you gamble too much, your dick doesn't work. Well, we got all the answers. Oh, God, I love listening. It makes me feel great about myself. We tell you, we're going to help you buy your first house. Dan's going to do the money. Brian's going to find the house. Al's going to build the pool. Flukes is going to have that website exactly. with all the cam models in the back <laughs> where you're just hanging out, drinking Labatt's. It's a good life. <laughs> Speaking of Flukes, he's the guy. Hey, look, once you get that house, you can work from home. You got that website that's going to work got, perfect for chee-chee, you. Chee-chee, chee-chee, chee-chee. You're looking beautiful, baby. Turn that fan back on. Who's a bad girl? You're a bad girl. Chee-chee, chee-chee, chee-chee. Just watch somebody come in. <laughs> the show was good with Weddle. And then it went right off the rails because of me. Kyle Fluger's numbers, 619-500-6621. Get the website you've dreamed of, the website that you need. Here we go, 619-500-6621. You start your OnlyFans account before you know it. Jesus. Who's an angry kitty? You're an angry kitty. Chee, chee, chee. Dave, turn down that goddamn heat lamp. My God, I'm going to melt all the screens. <laughs> yeah, maybe a lot of you. Maybe we'll just put a little thing in the description. Uh, oh, fuck. Hang around for all this shit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I talked to Flugs today, too. And by the way, yeah. not only did I thank those, Amy, Alan, Brian, uh, Dan, Kyle, but I also thank the lovely Lisa Ann. Love it. Who told me she loved me. Yeah, I saw that because you, you screenshot it and made me cry. Yeah, I said, hey, check this out, fuckface. How's your day going? <laughs> and then, because uh, <laughs> that's how I roll. And then, Dave, just because you're a bitch, I wanted to read this to you. I said, uh, I just sent a quick message uh, to Nicole Eggert. And I said, hey, I just wanted to take a second to say thank you very much for your friendship and support of the podcast which celebrated its fifth anniversary yesterday. I cannot tell you how many times people ask me, hey, Nicole Eggert liked your IG post. Is that really hurt? That happens all the time, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I said, I tell everyone she's as cool as you would imagine her to be. I said, I'd never seen The Bachelor, but you and I saw it last week. We yeah. loved it. She wrote back, thanks so much. She's in editing and still have some reshoots for, for the Baywatch documentary, but she's coming back on. Great. And uh, she said, seriously, I love your post and what you two are all about. Much love all around, my friend. That's wow. from Nicole. How's that feel? Dude, actually, I'm happy to hear that one. That one's really yeah. cool. She's great. She's absolutely great. And then uh, Lisa Ann, capital letters, love you so much. So what I did was I sent this to my friend Laura and Becca. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's weird. Porn stars love me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. You said that's weird. Laura became a, a Patreon subscriber she did. today. She's all fired up. I think yeah. that was more for Weddle than us, but oh, whatever. Shit. <laughs> whatever we'll take her five, been five years but okay <laughs> yeah that's it that's funny as shit all right here we go let's let's finish this up how old are they and how much are they worth they're going february 2nd okay we're going to start off with someone who's no longer with us we're going with farrah fawcett 
God damn. Horrible death. She died the same day Michael Jackson. Everybody forgot. Yeah. Uh, Farrah Fawcett would have been... I'm going to say she would have been 68. 75. Really? Yeah, 75. Uh, 11 million. $20 million. All right. Yeah, good. good for her, right? Could you bat after Ryan O'Neal? Yeah, of course. You kidding me? You ever hear of the Irish curse? No, it's so true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> there we go. Now we just hit everybody. We hit the oh, bald shit. people, the D people. Yeah. Fuck, we just hit the Irish. Hey, it worked the other day. I don't know what these two fuckers think. Oh, it must be great. It worked the other day. <laughs> All right. Christy Brinkley. Christy Brinkley. Ah. I'm going to go 70. 68. Fuck, I was at 68 and I changed up. Dude, God damn it. Still looks great. Amazing how great she looks. 80 million. Exactly right. Fuck yeah, let's go. All right, she falls in that category. You know the category that I have, my list that I have in my head that you think I'm nuts? Bad, uh, in the, bad in the sack. No way. Of course. Dude, she's been with like three or four husbands. Ah, fuck, no way. Good I in the sack, she you, makes it to one husband. You That's know why I think she does it, Dave? Because she likes a challenge. <laughs> she's like, let me see if I can make it work with that buggy-eyed little Billy Joel. I think she lays her like a sack of potatoes. Oh, you're so wrong. Here God. we go. It's got to suck to be dumb. This next girl, 100%, when everybody looks at her, they do not go, she sucks in the sack. They go, I want some of that. Shakira. Fuck. Am I right? Nobody looks at Shakira and goes, she sucks in the sack. I think I talked about somebody where I would cut off my left pinky. Yeah. Is, it, is it Valerie Bertinelli? It was. I'm going to up the ante. For Shakira, I'm cutting off my whole left hand. Just going to hook. <laughs> going to hook. Fuck. You're never going to be able to button a shirt again, but fuck it. It's going to be worth it. Maybe I get like that, uh, like Justin Timberlake had in that thing where they had that mannequin hand. Yeah. That fake hand, that mechanical, like, ee, ee, ee. well, hello there. Ee, ee. <laughs> Trying to get your fucking hand to turn to shake. Ee, ee, ee. Hey, hang on. I can get the window. Ee, ee, ee. What the fuck's the matter with me? Uh, Shakira. God damn it. Uh, you met, you say her name, you get into a cold sweat. Yeah, right? Remember right. when she performed at the Super Bowl a couple years ago with, with Jennifer Lopez? Yeah, and you're like, both these girls are great in the sack. <laughs> I was like, fuck. You know, probably Prince was the best. Okay, I got it. I'm a Minneapolis kid. That was the best halftime show ever. Oh, I think uh, this one in LA is going to be the best one ever. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, I can't wait till goddamn Michelle Tafoya is going to introduce that. <laughs> or Mike Tarika. It seems so natural doing it. Uh, I'm going to say Shakira's 47. 45. That's funny. I would have gone younger. I don't know why I still thought she was in her 30s. 45. Um, I think she makes a lot of money in Latin America. So I'm going to say she's 100 million. You're way below. Really? 300 million? 300 million. Fuck. <laughs> All right, last one. I won't even say his nickname. I want to see if you know who I'm Hang talking on. about. If Shakira said, we can start our life together, assuming you were single. Yeah. But you're required to cut off your left hand and go with a hook because it's my thing. Would you do it? Oh, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and I'm only going to speak Spanish. Is that what she says? Hola, que tal? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm in. Como se llama? <laughs> Just screaming everything. No grande bolsa. <laughs> Adios. Mucho borracho y laco. Vámonos. <laughs> Take it to Madre Hopeful. 
Would you? Oh. No, no, no. Adios. Adios, pinchy cabron. Oh, hey. Fuck yeah, Santa Fe Liquor taught me a lot. <laughs> Mi lapis, muy largo. I have a big pencil. <laughs> Here we go. All right, sir. I won't say his nickname. I want to see if you know who it is. Okay. Do you know who Dwayne Chapman is? Oh, wait, I feel like you do. You oh, should. Oh, yeah. Dog the Bounty Hunter. You're absolutely right. Oh, this is a good one. I'm going to say Dog the Bounty Hunter, even though he looks like he's 84. I'm going to say he's 68. 69 years old. And I'm going to say he's worth uh, $3 million. $6 million. Fuck. There you go. That was pretty good. What about good. Beth, his late wife? Would you have taken her down? No, I would not. No. Would you have taken her to the Mira Mesa Inn? <laughs> yes, she would fit in perfect. Yes. You know, what the fuck do you think she drinks at the Mira Mesa Inn? Paps. Fuck. Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, right out of the can. Yep. And she just fucking doesn't hesitate to just put her hand in that trail mix, right? She, she does that old school style. Remember the you used to take the can and you take the top and you it peeled off and then yeah. you throw it right back in the hole? She's yeah. one of those that throws it right back in the hole. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you this about, about Beth Chapman. Yeah. She goes over, puts uh, 50 cents in the jukebox. Yeah. She's not playing any fucking Everly Brothers or any of that shit. <laughs> She's going to play a little shook me all night long. Oh, my God. And give you a little wink, and you're going to be like, oh, fuck, I'm going to need to check, bartender. Here, here we go. Five random questions. All right. Have you ever had someone send your call directly to voicemail? Uh, yeah, happened today. My me friend, too. That's why I brought it up. A bitch, Becca, in Georgia. And I really? left her about a two-minute message, and then she texted me tonight, and she said, I sent that message to my dad <laughs> and my sister. Because, yeah, uh, A, she is a dash. So she's Rebecca Bryant Crow. Oh, really? So I said, A, get rid of the dash. Yeah. Way too long. I said, B, you're a little too high energy on your voicemail. Let's bring that down about three notches. And then she told me um, that uh, you can leave me a voice message. I said, I don't need goddamn permission to do anything. You gave me permission. I pay my taxes, lady. I'll do what I want. Oh, my God. But she may have been with a client. Is that so. right? <laughs> so so she may, yeah, she's like, Jesus, about 40 seconds of verbal assault. Yeah, I think she was with the client. You so. know what's funny, man? Out of all the people you've mentioned, taking your, your ex-wife out of this, out of all the people you've ever mentioned on the show that you've gone out with and yeah. you apologize about and everything else, she's the one you should have married. Yeah, I told her tonight. Did you tell her that? Yeah. 100%. Out of every girl I've ever met that you knew, I'm like, that's the one. That's the one, That was right? your one. Yeah. And, and the knows. fact that she still uses Bryant with a dash. That's means, what I told her. Game's still one, open. She, yeah, she has one foot out the door. Yeah. She's not fully committed. No, she's not. That's what I said. <laughs> I, told her to, I told her tonight. She's like. Uh, that's the one. That's her today. Oh, I know. I follow her on Facebook. Fucking crazy, right? Dude, I told her crazy. tonight. Crazy. Dude, she has aged extremely well, and she always looked great. And she's extremely nice. When you say bring the energy down, that's her. That's her. And I told her. I said, uh, they said, yeah, you're, my parents are like, he's too much. And I said, tell him, I said, tell him I've never gotten over you. And she goes, oh, they know. God dang. You know who sent me directly to voicemail today? Who's that? It's funny. It's all in my head because you said to me yesterday, is Stephen Woods mad at us? Yeah. He's all, you guys feeling so. I think he did. What did we do? Because we fucking said we want to listen to sports in the morning. We don't care what the fuck Katy Perry did. Is that what it was? Because you said it. I didn't, I just swear to God, I didn't say that, did you, Dick? You asshole. 
No, dude, I, I'm telling you, he's pissed. And I heard part of his show today where he was yeah. talking about people that say stuff about you and it hurts your feelings. And he goes, and I listen to these guys, and I'm like, he's talking about us. Oh, no. But I literally called him not to clear the air on that because I told him, you're crazy. That's not Steve. And then um, I called him today at 924 because I figured he's driving home from work. Yeah. And I said, look, I never call you because I know you have little kids. I know your time is short. Yeah. But I do have a question for you. We have a mutual friend that um, that I just met one of his his friends that said great things about him. But I had a yeah. question about this guy. And, uh, dude, right to voicemail. Oh. And no callback. No text. No call. He never does that shit. I think he does pissed at you and me. Or me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like how you treat him. I love what that the fuck? kid. I just talked to Paul last week. Nicest, nicest guy going. Paul hasn't listened to one thing Steve said in two years. That's why Paul's thriving. <laughs> Jesus. Steve's fine. I'm fucking around. What the hell's going on there? Maybe he, had, maybe he was in a meeting. Maybe, Bullshit. Maybe he had to write the questions for well, Bench the Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I might try. I'm up early. Dude, I might try him tomorrow like at 430 because I know he's, he's awake and he's in the studio. I'm going to call him. And if that fucking sends me a voicemail, I'm going to go, you cocksucker. I know you aren't busy. <laughs> Nobody sends anyone a voicemail at 4.30 when they're awake. <laughs> Piece of shit. Don't pull that move. <laughs> we literally thanked you on the show yesterday on the anniversary show. No. And now you're going to send me straight to voicemail? Oh, he yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was shaking. I was shook. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck, now you got to go back to being Rich Hornberger's friend. I, I guess so. I think it might be too late. Fuck. I am friends with Jim Russell, though. Jim Russell's yeah. a difference maker. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. All right. What was your favorite Super Bowl of all time? It's oh, guaranteed it's mine. Uh, guaranteed easiest one ever. It was the 83 season. It it's was when, Super Bowl 18. Yeah, when the when the Raiders beat the Washington Redskins. And now this is funny because Joe, Joe Theismann used to be a guest on the show, and he was so incredibly nice and so fun like, we always joke about Charles Davis, but but Charles was really good, too. Um, but at that time, I, I didn't know Joe from anything. And and I had grown up as a Viking fan. The Vikes were 0-4 in the Super yeah. Bowl. And now this Raiders team that I loved so much, like, that might be the one team that I loved, you know, right up yeah. there with the, the 98 Padres. Yeah. And... Uh, and they showed Joe before the game. I'm watching CBS and I'm I'm just wired, right? And and they show Joe come strolling in and he's got those aviators on that had like the brown lenses. And he's got like a tweed sports coat and yeah. like a tan shirt unbuttoned down. And I'm like, you're fucking done, Joe. You're <laughs> fucking done. <laughs> and uh, I was so amped up and... And that game started going the Raiders' way really, really early. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I think the Marcus Allen runs relatively early in the game. And then Jack Squirek with the, the interception. And I was just like, holy shit. Right? I've never had a team win the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. And and it was just so goddamn exciting. Yeah, I mean. That's the first Super Bowl I can remember in my life. And the only one I can remember my entire life where it went my way. Yes, I mean, exactly think right. about it. I mean, I started watching Super Bowls. I think Super Bowl 13 was the first one I ever remember. Mm -hmm. But when the Raiders played the Eagles in Super Bowl 15, I, I didn't even know the game. No, I wasn't but, a Raider fan at that point. I was a Viking fan. But I knew the game when the Redskins yeah. played the Raiders and, and yeah. the Raiders were supposed to lose. 
Oh, and all God. of a sudden, everything was going our way. Think about it. All the years you and I have watched football seasons, yeah. that this one went our way. And it's, yeah. unfortunately, it hasn't gotten any better since. No, because when <laughs> I really did like the Raiders' chances here against Tampa. Yeah, me too. And then Barrett Robbins yeah. did holes, that whole thing. And, dude, it just fucking sucks, yeah. man. It just sucks. And so, yeah, it's the only one. Listen, I mean, I've talked about it. Ravens Giants means a lot because we we watched the championship games with Junior and that was a hell of a day and then to be on the field afterwards with my brother but I think even my brother would say like hey as much fun as that was for us he was also a Raider fan yeah that's the only one that ever went his way yeah and so yeah that that one was Costa will say the same thing I guarantee it he would take that one I see I wonder you think he would take the Viking Raider one Viking Raider and he Mike's become friends with Rod Martin. Yeah. So Rod Martin had an amazing game against the Eagles. I think he's, he's MVP. Super of the, MVP. Yeah. yeah. He won't intercepted three ba- three passes. Yeah. As a linebacker. Yeah. That's crazy. Fucking what the fuck jaws. Fuck is Roger Wurzke doing? Fucking jaws. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that that was great. And and you know what, Dave? I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know that will ever be eclipsed. But son of a gun, if the Rams find a way to win. In in yeah, ten days, that's what I'm really hoping. Uh, that would be right up there. It would. It would be amazing. All right. The average price for a Super Bowl ticket is over ten thousand dollars. I saw that. Can you ever imagine spending that much money on a sporting event? No. The highest I ever paid to get in uh, was four hundred and fifty bucks cash from a scalper outdoor at Caesar's Palace for the second uh, Ray Leonard Tommy Hearns fight. Yeah. Uh, and then I got. Really close to that for two tickets to uh, Mel Taylor, Julio Cesar Chavez won. That might have been, I think I paid 450 for Leonard Hearns, and I think I paid 600 for two for, for Chavez, Mel Taylor won, which is maybe one of the greatest fights of all time. But no, fuck no. Yeah. No. It's I'm crazy, d- isn't it? Yeah, fuck. Done. <laughs> I got to save that money to buy a hook, man. <laughs> All right. Is Tom Brady the greatest player in any team sport in history? Ooh. I used to have a, an answer automatic that I would say no one's even close. And I love basketball, baseball, football. But Wayne Gretzky was number one. Because they, they had that yeah. crazy stat that if Wayne never scored a goal and just yeah. went by assists, he'd be the all-time leader in points scored. And if he never, if he never had an assist, he'd still be the all-time leader in points scored. He was, he was incredible. But then the more I think about this, I think the answer is now Brady. Well, I don't know if you ever watched film, Dave, of Speedy Duncan. <laughs> Did you ever see Walt Sweeney play, Dave? Uh, unbelievable. Could play at every level. Could play both sides of the ball. Brady still needs to eat more beans. Yeah, Brady's a great player. Nobody will ever take that away from him. But Walt Sweeney, if, had, if Walt had the chance to play Speedy Duncan, Keith Lincoln, Tommy Nettles. Keith Nettles's. Lincoln, dude, a million times. Keith Lincoln and Tommy Nettles. Motherfucker. Uh, listen, Bill had terrible feet. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if you're going to get Brady number one uh, team sport, uh, where are you going to put uh, Lafitte Pinkai? <laughs> right? I mean, Andre Lacroix, when he played here for the Gulls in 68, amazing player. Probably was Gretzky before Gretzky, even though he played in the WHL. <laughs> Who else would that asshole play? Dude, it was the Keith Lincoln line was the right on the money. Right uh, on the money. 
Dave DeBusher was a hell of a player. Like, what? <laughs> I tell you what, he 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 didn't get to play much, but uh, I would think he had to mention Preston Gomez. <laughs> oh my God, fuck. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, Brady, Brady's it, and I think Nick would say Brady's it. You think so? Yeah. Oh my gosh. All I don't right. know. Uh, hey, John Hadel. Hey, Dave, Johnny Unitas. I mean, we're just going to ignore Johnny Unitas. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, you guys are always looking for the joke. You do any homework for this show? Well, you guys need to get a few more beans. <laughs> get a few more beans in you. Oh, shit. Fuck. Who's your guy? Who do you say? It's, I mean, it's, Gretzky. It's it is Brady. It's changed. Yeah. It's, the more I look at it, I'm going, it's Brady. It, it, I don't think you could go any other way. It's just, a, it, he's an amazing story. I mean, the fact that he retires leading the NFL in touchdown passes and yards in the same season, and he says bye. Did Nick, uh, that guy Nick Wright was on with Dan Patrick yesterday. Yeah, Nick's pretty pretty smart guy. And he said he thinks uh, Brady wanted to play and his family talked to him. I 100% go with that. I believe that. Yeah. Because he always said, he goes, I would have a tough time watching the NFL knowing I'm better than that guy. And wow. now he's going to be watching that NFL going, I'm better than all these guys, except for maybe Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's going to be a few, right, where you look at it and you go, yeah, that that's it. Man. He just becomes a dick every Sunday in the house. <laughs> Breaking shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, sorry that I'm here yeah. being such a, a bad influence on everybody. <laughs> sorry that I'm not in Carolina yeah. throwing for 288 and three. Why do you keep buying this avocado ice cream? I don't fucking play anymore, thanks to you. Thanks. Can I get some Rocky Road? Giselle? <laughs> just complete asshole slamming every cupboard. Fuck it. Can't find my keys to the Ferrari, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be down at the bar. I'll be at Gronk's. <laughs> I'll be on the boat. He just starts calling her Gazelle. Just starts making their name different and shit because he's pissed. Shortens it up. Yeah. You were a supermodel 15 years ago. Relax. Your name's Jizz. <laughs> no. Fucking so dumb. The show was good an hour ago. It was. That was embarrassing. Maybe we should cut it up into two shows. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Cut it right after the Nicole Ager thing. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Last one. Got Denver it. Broncos are up for sale. Yeah. Okay. The value, according to Forbes, is $4 billion. Okay. Over or under... The, the Broncos go for $7 billion. Oh, I'm going to say under. Okay. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say over. Go ahead. Yeah, there's... So, funny, right? Just being up there for a week, um, realizing the impact that Pat Boland made on that community. Yeah. And apparently, I didn't know the story, Dave, but there's kids from two different marriages. So, there's... I don't know if it's five kids total or five from one marriage, two from another, but there's a little bit of dissension. Um, a couple of different groups that are coming in, but there's some local money there that would be a, a minority owner. And that would be not minority in the sense that uh, a person of color could be an NFL owner in Denver. And that's a local guy who's a billionaire and, uh, and that was kind of the buzz that you were hearing. Like, they were hoping this gentleman uh, would jump in and get involved. Now, they, again, like everybody else, are thinking Jeff Bezos is going to come in, right? I don't and, think the NFL wants that personality, that that guy. You know what I mean? That, Bezos? That, 
No, I think the NFL, my, my guess, I've never been in an owner's meeting. My guess is Jerry Jones is the only big personality in the room. Yeah. You aren't going to bring another Jerry Jones in. And yeah. Bezos immediately becomes the most famous owner in the NFL. Yeah. All yeah. those guys. Impact guy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I say, always, honestly, the reason I said over is because billionaires, they want to, the, there's nothing they can have that they can't buy, basically, that's not except for a pro team. Yeah, and an NFL team is the ultimate, and I think you can the bidding war for the Broncos is going to be insane. You don't see NFL teams come up for sale very often. No, the the other thing is too, and listen, this this could have been one of the battles that Dean fought right behind having an incredibly small brain. <laughs> and when you are here in California, you're part of a whole lot of teams, right? The Forty ers were here, the Raiders were here at that time, the Rams were here. And the Chargers were here. When you are in Colorado, whether you were in Winter Park, whether you're in Colorado Springs or anywhere in Denver, anytime you go into a bar, it's Bronco shit everywhere, yeah. right? And it's somebody's got an Elway jersey on the wall or it's Steve Atwater or Terrell Davis, right? I mean, there's just, there's dozens and dozens. You own that entire state. And when you tune in, to sports talk radio, they're not talking about Colorado State like we talk about San Diego State down yeah. here, or they're not talking about Denver University. They're talking Broncos. The Avs are on fire right now. They won like 10 straight. They had this insane month of January. And when you tune in, and we were in the car for a couple hours going up the mountain and coming back down, it was all about Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. And who's going to, is Drew Locke here? Is Teddy Bridgewater still in the mix? Who's going to sell the team? Who's going to come in, man? So, yeah, I think that's the one. You got a gorgeous new Empower Field where Mile High used to be. Man, you go over by there. I was over there a couple of different times. That place looks great. And so you've got money up there. Yep. You've got, you've got guys that are willing to spend. And, and if you go in as a new owner right now, they've had six really miserable years. Yeah. So if you feel pretty good about George Payton as your GM and you're, you're excited about Nathaniel Hackett kind of bringing fresh, exciting blood, um, yeah, I would think as an owner, th that's one of the marquee franchises exactly in the league. Right. It's, it's a great franchise, Stone. Yeah. So I'll say it goes for, what do you say, seven? I'm going 10. How about that? I'm going to go above that. I said it goes above seven. Or I'm going to go 10. I'm going to go, it's, it's going to be crazy, which is going to be great for for Dean and any other owner that sells that team in the future. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to take six. Okay. I think if they're valuing it at four, I'm going to say six. Okay. Which is absolutely unbelievable. But well, it's amazing how many billionaires there are in the world all of a sudden. Yeah. And, and look, if you're, if you're buying that Bronco team, the facilities are beautiful, right? Yep. The, the fan base, you own the entire state. Yep. There's money up there. Yeah. I mean, you, you buy it for six. It's probably worth that 10. Uh, within a couple of years, the value Holy shit, continues Dave. to go up. Yeah, if it goes for ten, wow! I just remember when Alex Spanos. The story is, Alex Spanos had a chance to buy the 49ers for ten million and said that's way too much. Yeah, remember that? God damn, it's crazy. The Yankees, George Simoner bought them for ten million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Jones. Okay, this is crazy. Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys for one fifty. Basically, every dime yeah. he had went right. Everything he earned said, "Fuck it, I'm buying this football team." He said he panicked. Do you remember who he outbid? Um, I don't. Jerry Buss. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, Jerry was trying to get him. I think Jerry, yeah. And now look at the value. It's the most valuable yeah. franchise in the United States. That's when Jerry Buss did uh, really the the amazing thing was he was, as far as I remember, the first guy to sell naming rights. And he yep. sold the naming rights to Great Western, to the Forum. Forum Great Western Forum. To the Great Western Bank. Yep. Painted the forum blue, yes, which freaked everybody out. Yeah. Even though maroon wasn't any part of any colors of the teams in there, but he painted blue. The Great Western Forum it became. Yep, and Jerry did that to get cash, more cash up front, in his effort to buy yeah. the Cowboys. I remember people are saying, "What is this? A big barbecue place? <laughs> what the fuck are we doing?" And here? the Great Western goes out of business. Uh, and then one quick thing, we'll end on this. Uh, not to spend a whole lot of time. You're a guy who's a Laker fan. You yeah. love this team. Not this see, team. <laughs> but when you see what has happened with the relationship between the Lakers and Jerry West, stings, right? I hate it. I hate it because it, when you look at the history of the Lakers, you, Jerry West touched every championship the Lakers ever had, except yeah. for the last one. Okay. So yeah. out, out of the, what are the, how many of the Lakers are? 17, 17. championships. He's championship. involved in 16. In 16 of them. Either as a player, a GM. I mean, God dang, he, he found Kobe. He got Shaq to come over. Yeah. He was involved in everything the Lakers ever did. He's the logo, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. And the fact that the Lakers shit on Jerry West is, is embarrassing. It's disgusting. And it hurt his feelings, man. It should have. It should have. And it sounds like, to me, I mean, you, you told me this a long time ago. It sounds like it was all Phil Jackson, right? Mm -hmm. Phil Jackson had uh, Jeannie Buss's ear, and he pushed Jerry West out. But he said that there's somebody there right now at the Lakers, and he said it's not Jeannie. But when Jeannie talks about five impactful people on the Lakers and she puts Phil ahead of Jerry West. That's crazy. Well, I mean, Phil, Phil won five there, she right? She doesn't know her shit. It's a huge mistake. Yeah. And he's, he raved about, I mean, that article in the athletic where they say Jerry's always been an open book and he just comes right out and says, man, this sucks. And they, they revoked his lifetime season that's a, tickets. That's the most embarrassing thing going. Come on. To, that's insane. To Yeah, man, man. Just insane. Completely embarrassing. All right, our, uh, our thanks to Eric Weddle. Absolutely. Thanks to everybody who's reached out the last couple of days. Uh, yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. We'll, uh, we'll see you back here Sunday night. All right.
with the attitude, you better go away. A five-cent video game put a smile on my face. Last stop, I was paralyzed, but I ran it anyway. Soundproof fence and a handyman cussing on TV. What Californian cuts their own Christmas tree? Boy, you better watch out for that sneaky backstreet door. I laughed so hard, I 